welcome to the First Lutheran Church located at 512 South Kale Avenue in Miles City with pastoral services provided by Pastor Steve Rice. Holy Gospel according to Mark. Now when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders, and they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there is also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders? but eat with defiled hands. Jesus said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandoned the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then Jesus called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand there is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile. But the things that come out are what defile. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, Avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly, all these things come from within, and they defile a person. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Thank you for your participation in this hour of worship on Labor Day weekend the ending of summer that went all too fast, the beginning of fall. Uh, schools are in session now, just briefly a few days, but uh, sports activities underway. Again, that first hymn captures the spirit of, I think, this time of year quite well. And before you know it, we're going to be singing harvest songs and Thanksgiving songs and, and on it shall go from there. So I want to uh, take just a moment, particularly this morning, to, to thank those who for the past couple weeks have provided pastoral leadership while I was uh, with my family on vacation. You see Mike sitting in the back and Blaine who provides sermons. Excellent. I listen to both by means of our podcast. Uh, if you don't have uh, uh, or haven't had an opportunity to, uh, to be mine or be aware of that, we uh, podcast the sermon portion of the service. And if you go to Facebook, 
and look for First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana. There you will find the link. Click the link and you can hear the gospel lesson and the sermon. Great brief reflections of, for personal devotion or if something uh, uh, is worthy of hearing twice, why to hear it again. So thanks both of you uh, for providing sir, uh, sermons. Uh, Bill, thank you for leadership, not just here, uh, uh, but also at the VA where we have early church, if you will, our chapel service at the VA chapel at 8.30 every morning. Andrea, thank you. Joyce and Mallory, thank you. Many thank yous, and those thank yous uh, help remind me that uh, I can be replaced. Okay, we have so much, so much uh, gifted uh, leadership in this congregation that we're truly blessed. And so uh, uh, I wanted to say that to you. And observe that uh, vacation was most enjoyable uh, time this year. Uh, and uh, while traveling as we did uh, through uh, uh, California over the course of two weeks, a number of insights uh, befell both Noel, my wife, and I as we traveled. And I'm going to be honest with you, probably the first was how remarkable it was to us, how remarkable it was the number of times that we grandparents referred to our three accompanying grandchildren, uh, kindergarten, eighth grade, and 10th grade now, by their parents' names, called them by their parents' names. I called my eldest grandson by his father's name any number of times, and uh, there's more than several times I found myself directing one of the grandchildren to go let your mom know, go ask your mom, when in fact I meant go ask your grandmother. Okay. <laughs> there is probably some deep-seated psychological reason behind that, and I don't want to go into that, but it, it was fascinating that which was happening to us, to me, without our intending it at all. Throughout the 3,500 miles of our two weeks trip, uh, where we slept in family guest rooms and motel rooms, Noel and I discovered that uh, certainly our greatest enjoyment uh, through the trip came by watching our grandchildren explore, discover, and take part in their own adventures spent in this far distant world called California. Okay. As Dorothy told her little dog, Toto and the Wizard of Oz, they became aware this wasn't Kansas anymore, huh? California. And moreover, as we uh, spent time together, certain patterns, even I'll say rituals, uh, emerged among the five of us who lived out of suitcases and in the case of the grandkids' backpacks for a couple weeks. Now, one ritual in particular I want to share with you, that was the morning ritual. The morning ritual uh, emerged, uh, and we attribute its uh, uh, its emergence to the powerful influence of your very own Let Me Shine preschool. Uh, Diana, or Didi as we call her, Didi spent the past two years uh, in preschool here, uh, as, uh, as now this year will over a hundred children, uh, and uh, uh, she's moved on now, she's a kindergartner. But uh, five-year-old Diana, a preschool alumni, and now bona fide kindergarten student, took on the role of 
confronting and challenging everyone who emerged from the bathroom, particularly in the morning. And you know how motel rooms are out of the bathroom and you're right into the living area, right into the bedroom. And uh, when you opened the door of the bathroom during the course of the vacation, you could expect to hear, did you brush your teeth? Yes. Did you wash your hands? Yes. Did you use soap? Yes. Did you dry them? Yes. Only then with this three-foot-tall, 40-pound guardian of her galaxy permit you to pass into whatever was going to happen the rest of the day. Hesitancy on your part or an unresponsive pause elicited an immediate go back and do it from Diana, and she took on and spoke with all the authority of, well, a preschool teacher. Huh? <laughs> and in the world of a five-year-old, not much higher authority than the teacher. Dee Dee became our little Pharisee. You didn't think I could connect up the, the gospel lesson, did you, to my vacation? She became our little Pharisee. She became the protector of the law that she had learned. Brush your teeth, wash your hands, use soap, dry them. She became the protector of the law, and she spotted with amazing precision any ritual infractions on the part to the frustration of her older brothers, but she would challenge adults as well. But, understandably, she would miss other things throughout the course of the day, other infractions along the way, and so to the Pharisees then in Mark's gospel lesson. The Pharisees and the scribes, well, they're very keen on spotting infractions, they were, in certain religious matters, while being as blind as five-year-olds to those greater, more weighty matters of faith that informed and drove Jesus throughout his ministry. Now, Mark serves as narrator in the gospel lesson you have before you. And as Mark told the story, Jesus immediately, and that's a good Markan word, Mark likes that word immediately, Jesus saw a parallel between what was happening in this exchange, real time, and the words of the prophet Isaiah. Jesus spotted empty words and empty actions of the Pharisees, and he saw that they clashed mightily with greater matters of the heart. So important to Jesus. Uh, matters and affairs of the heart. Affairs of the heart that begin in the recesses of the soul, emerged from the soul to take expression through words and deeds. These were the things that held the potential, the power to defile, Jesus said. And to defile was the first step toward destroying. The Apostle Paul, you know Paul, Paul would later take up, and Paul probably, I'm going to guess Paul had read Mark's Gospel. Paul would later take up this very matter with no less powerful person than Peter in the early church. Recall, Peter 
wanted to maintain in the church a Jewish identity. Peter wanted the church to retain Jewish dietary law and customs. But Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, saw beyond that. I think Paul saw that what one ate was of little consequence, based upon Jesus' words, compared to one's faith in Jesus Christ. Now, Martin Luther would later pick up this same insight some 15 centuries later, okay, when uh, focus, he saw, was shifting from Christ to institutional authority, to the detriment of faith, faith, faith. To the Galatians in particular, Paul held forth no less a giant than Abraham as his model. Abraham was the model of faith. It was Abraham's faith that reckoned him righteous, not Abraham's adherence to rules or laws or fealty to any man. Thus, in Paul's experience, Peter, well-intended Peter, fallible Peter, was way off base when he expected the Gentiles of the coastal Mediterranean world to adhere to Jewish dietary rules and other Jewish customs. To Paul, the church was going to be way too big for that. The church was going to reach beyond the Jews, beyond the Mediterranean, beyond the world, beyond time, through generations and across cultures and this rich opportunity. That's what Paul saw. The church was going to be far too big for what Peter had in mind. The church was going to reach all people, all things, and it was going to reach even as far as California. For Paul, however, if you wanted to keep the Jewish ways, if you wanted to keep the Jewish dietary laws, okay, fine. But to the twelve, Paul urged them not to impose such trivialities uh, upon those who have no concept and would have no concept whatsoever of what was being asked or even talked about. As the gospel made its way into the Gentile world, uh, those cultural, those, those uh, uh, keeping uh, features of the law were not important. What was important? You know, faith in Jesus Christ. Okay. So uh, the Jews were to remain, could remain, do remain, huh? do they not to this day, a particular people to God. But now, uh, through Jesus Christ, God's love was extended to all the world. Jesus speaks of that. He foreshadows that when he finds uh, in Gentiles, Roman soldiers specifically, uh, faith such as he had a hard time finding even in Israel. Not even in Israel have I found such faith, he said. To the Galatians, Paul echoed Jesus' words from the gospel lesson in saying that what corrupts, what corrupts, was that that came out of the heart. It emerged from the soul through the heart and gave expression through mouth and ear and action. 
Okay. What corrupts was what came out of the heart, not what went into the mouth or the ear, or as I shared with the inmates over at Pine Hills yesterday, those men locked up, what went into the nose or vein in our day and age. What corrupts is what came out, not what went in. And Jesus listed then this extensive um, litany of examples of what really was defiling. It's from within. He said, from the human heart, that evil intentions come, fornication, theft, murder, avarice, adultery, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. Whew, what a list. All these things come from within, and they defile a person. Paul began his instruction to the people of Galatia with uh, some very haunting words. Oh, foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? It was before your very eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you, did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Well, you know the answer to that, right? The Galatians could no more wash themselves clean than could the Pharisees. As Didi would remind us and reminded us every morning, clean hands and polished teeth, they're good. But there is much more to be understood by the mature. Jesus put it plainly. Listen to me, all of you. Understand, there is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile. But the things that come out are what defile. And so today, do not let the sun go down on the affairs and the matters of your heart. The outside might be clean, but you see, faith summons us to much, much deeper things. Consider what comes out. What might that look like? Tend to bruised and broken relationships address matters that have been left unspoken too long. Do an act as if you truly believe those actions and words were of real consequence. It's not about the outside. It's about the inside and what finds its way out. Repent of errors. Recenter life. Oh, it's a great time. Uh, the fall for recentering life, Blaine. Uh, recenter your life. Recommit to particularly spiritual intentions. But above all, keep the faith. Keep the faith. We have no need for Pharisees in this place. But servants of Christ, and in Christ's name, doers of the word, not just hearers, we need you. We need you. We don't need people who look in the mirror and then walk away and forget what they look like. You look like Christ, crucified for you. That's what we need. And so today, Paul gets the final word. He wrote to the Galatians, all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is evident that no one is justified before God 
by the law. Washing your hands. The righteous shall live by faith. Live by faith. And I promise you, I assure you of the other things, they'll all sort themselves out. How cool is that? So I close with the words of C.S. Lewis at the bottom of your bulletin. Um, C.S. Lewis wrote The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Seen that movie? You haven't? Oh, my. Okay. Uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Narnia, is the Chronicle of Narnia. C.S. Lewis observed the words I want to leave with you today. Take them with you. You cannot go back and change the beginning. But you can start where you are and change the end. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this production of the First Lutheran Church. We welcome you to visit us in person at 512 KL Avenue. You can also find us on Facebook at First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana, and email us at flc at midrivers.com.